0: Hey everyone, Rod here. This is actually a Tamsin week and I'm going to hand over to her in a second but I just wanted to jump in to explain
1: that there is a bit of a delay on Tamsin's voice at the beginning because we had the kind of settings on the sound desk wrong but that
0: uh, disappears very quickly so don't worry it's just after a couple of minutes uh, so don't be disconcerted it will go away. Um, over to Tamsin. Bing. My name's Tamson. my pronouns are she, her, and um, we might start with a radical thought, we might just start with a prayer, just for myself as much as all of us, um, just to, to still our, the coffee's nice and strong this morning, so I can't tell if it's anxiety or just caffeinated. <laughs> Energised, that lovely blurry line. Um, Loving God, God, moving spirit, um, spirit, um, life giver -giver and sustainer, sustainer we thank you that we can come today into a space that that is is full of of kindness and and care and 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 that we join each each other on the journey to know you and know ourselves and know our world ever so more every week. Thank you for this time. Amen. 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 Um, I'll explain. Um, we, we never use we church use props. It's such a rare such a thing. thing. We're not that kind of... Not so if you're new, we're, just, we're not that kind of <laughs> community. <laughs> um, um, when, I, um, when I purchase... Um, purchase um, oh, it is echoing, isn't it? Like tell it, me if that... Yeah, tell it tell it feels so like it just starts kicking in. When and my daughter and I went to buy them, I brought them home, and George was like... My husband was like, you're not doing church flags, are you? I was like... He was like, this is a horrified look on his face. I was like... All that support I get oh at home, and no, we're um, not doing church flags do today. today. Um, that could um, be another um, week if you so decide. <laughs> <That's laughs> Sorry to <laughs> disappoint. Sorry <laughs> to disappoint. Um, um, so we are, are currently uh, in a series. Uh, we sort of work um, um, with little series, little series and, we and we are exploring the exploring traditions, traditions that form, form our time. So when, time. So when time. we come so here so today, come today, we have been informed in our practice by various traditions, and in ourselves within our own faith formation, we've also been formed by varying traditions some that we have explored and maintained, some that we have experienced and now have laid to the side because they no longer suit us, fit us, or serve a life-giving path for us. Um, so, we, um, so we just thought it's a nice time to just have a pause and look at this space of what is now I- informing us, um, what is proving to be life-giving for us, um, where did that tradition come from, kind of honouring some of those, those paths back. Um, and listening to what we invite in that we're sort of missing because we'll always be moving a moving faith formation Um, and even collectively as a church community um, if anyone has ever asked you oh what tell me about your church or something it can be a bit I'm, I'm terrible at explaining our church um, because it's not we're not don't live very cleanly in the middle of a tradition saying oh we're we're a high Anglican Church which means something we, but we are indeed a m- mix of things that have formed from our kind of origins of the church has gone through some tricky times we've kind of found the world of just kind of being a safe affirming church for our queer community like we have sort of found these parts of ourselves through the day-to-day, experience of doing church together. Um, so we kind of zoom out and look at it um, and then we look in of things that are just really nourishing us in our person personhood um, and our relationship with God or not. Um, the reason that we've got a picture of a garden, um, like I just said, is this image that we're working with is um, honouring that the beauty of our faith is that it's diverse, that we try and be sensitive to where we are in Fitzroy North or this land, but also who's in the room with us. Um, we do work of pulling things out. Um, there was a time of our church story where a lot of work was just recovering from harmful church experiences, like that real pulling, weeding time as a church. That was the main thing. And the sort of criticism at the time was that can't be, you can't just weed and get rid of everything, and deconstruct everything, and have nothing left, that, that's, but sometimes that's just what it is, it's just that time of the path, um, but sometimes there's that, I welcome in something new, um, even I was just thinking of, um, Rod, and and sort of this pilgrim, pilgrimage, this practice of using your body as a, sort of a loudspeaker to say something, um, and, for issues that are happening around your world or our world. Um, and that's kind of like... I am personally welcome more opportunities to f- express things that are important to me. My faith and, in, in, you know, God has inspired that humans have dignity and when it's being robbed, I want to do something. So, you think that tradition of sort of that social ac- justice, that activism, is a tradition in itself. So, that going and finding a pilgrimage is kind of welcoming something into the garden... Um last year, I think I've shared before of just me consulting my inner world and going, I have very little meditative time. Um, my nature and perhaps my drawing is to a more reflective spirituality that can have quiet time, that can be a bit more mindful. And I was doing none of it. It was a very chaotic week. Um, so I sort of hunted down a um, meditation group and... Um, and that was sort of this kind of for me. I'm just thinking of this image of like trying to plant something new of a practice, a group of people who have a weekly meditation practice. Um, and that was really intentional. That was kind of me trying to change the landscape of my faith. Um, so this week we have um, we thought it would be nice to acknowledge the church calendar um, and how it influences us here, sort of specifically at Fitzroy North, um, how we use it, how we don't use it. Um, and given that it is the first day of Lent, um, and this term perhaps has had times where that just echoes around your, okay, it's Lent, or it is very important and very pivotal to your your practice. Um, so, uh, did anyone do an Ash Wednesday practice this year? You're all going to hell. No, you're not. That's. <laughs> I'll just note that on my spreadsheet. No, um, but this sort of thing—it's not necessarily part of our experience to have. An, we don't have an Ash Wednesday service here. Um, it's a bit more. It's a much larger deal in the Catholic tradition, um, but it is sort of part of a calendar that's ticking around that the church, some churches more so, sit and practice these. Um, rituals on certain days. Um, So the church calendar here is based on the liturgical year of the Catholic and Orthodox traditions that have formed over 2,000 years. It was sort of that time of Jewish communities have their own calendar. If anyone has been to any Jewish traditions, they've got their own yearly calendar that's full of feasts and fasts and gatherings and things that, that we don't... unless you follow them. I don't know if you follow your own Jewish calendar. Um, But the early Christians that was made up of Jews who'd who'd encountered Jesus and converted or Gentiles who now were Christians and kind of doing church with Jewish Christians at this really awkward time of the early church were trying to find an identity that wasn't just the Jewish story because I've now experienced Jesus and it shook everything up And now what do we do when we gather? What do we practice that tells us of the story that just occurred that we want to embody and experience and try and understand? So our calendar kind of goes right back to a group of people trying to figure out what to do with the story of Jesus. How do we remember it? How do we recount it? And how does it affect our life together? Um, So sometimes you'll hear the term church calendar, liturgical calendar, church year, um, and you may have yourself experienced emphasis on it, that each day comes with a set set of readings, which we don't use here. We don't use the set readings from the calendar. Um, Each season itself on the calendar... um, Here, here it is, a church calendar, if you were wondering what it actually looks like. Um, that each season has a colour attached to it. And so over the years of our wonderful Christian history, um, the church wanted to reflect the practices through the colours that were used. And it would often be in who who was facilitating or which priest was in charge would be wearing the robes of that colour. The church, those lovely drapes, would be the, that colour. And the colour would represent a mood that um, would be encountered. And then across the year the story of Jesus would be retold across a whole year. Um, And the Hebrew Bible would be experienced as well, but it it would be mainly about the Jesus story, Um, moving from Advent to Christmas epiphany, which is not a term we use here, um, but an interesting part of the story, ordinary time. A few years ago, we did a whole series on ordinary time. We're now in Lent. Thus, my purple's not as good as that purple. But here's my purple. Um, before Easter, Pentecost, again, it's a big part of the Christian story, but we don't have a huge emphasis here in our community. Um, and then back to this huge chunk of ordinary time, and that every year we come back to this circle again and again and again. And in the sort of the tradition of church calendar, we don't just sort of aim to have that as a 2D experience, that every year it deepens, that your experience of the Jesus story, recounting all parts of it, kind of works as a spiral, that you encounter it afresh, but you enter into the mystery of God somehow by recounting that story. And we do it in this formulated way because it connects us to each other, that we all have such a, if I asked you what your week was like, your week would be so incredibly different to the the person beside you. But in recounting the same story, we come together and encountering the same kind of season, we also join in a collective mood that is a little bit outside of your week experience, but it's a collective mood. And it connects us to the larger church, which, again, we don't, talk about a lot here, but there's this larger story that we're all experiencing the Jesus story again in this circular, circular spiral. I'm sure there's a term for, what's this, a ter- spir- spiral? That's great. That's great. That'll do, that's perfect. Some sort of spiral experience. Um, and we'll go through sort of each colour in a minute, but I just wanted to ask, um, did you grow up with a very, did anyone have a very sort of clear liturgical calendar that when you came on a Sunday, there was a set thing going on and there were set colours. Did anyone have that? Do you want to share a bit about what that was like? Did you want like no, I don't. <laughs> we, have, we, we do very well, the avert the eyes, that the powerful look away, it's powerful in this room, so don't worry.
1: Um, nothing jumping to mind, it just seemed normal, but I do notice now the absence of it. Um, like, oh, there was a rhythm of... Um, certain times of the year and certain stories that I, kind of, there's part of me that's like, oh, how come we're not talking about that bit? Because it's what I was used to in the rhythm coming in up to Easter and Lent, for example.
0: It's a great reflection. Anyone else? Yeah. I, I grew up in a uniting church, and like just the tablecloths would change. It would be like the tablecloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that kind of interesting, given that we, yeah, the kind of when we're forming our faith, like what do we need to help us form our faith? Like cl- actual colors is really interesting. Of oh, we've entered into this new color. Um, yeah, because we're in purple now. Like that means something to some churches that we're in the purple season, but for here in the room, you might be. What? But it can it can be a helpful gift no see this is how we do it we do a big about eyes anyone else there's zero pressure to share that's oh yeah yeah, dean
1: thanks tamsin i'm old enough to remember uh, um certainly within the churches of christ tradition there actually used to be from memory i think books published and put out through all of the churches and it would have didn't have that diagram but it would have the cycle and they'd have set readings for each of the Sundays and even um, suggested music and what have you and it was built around and there was be a, a commentary and as I said, it's many, many years ago but that used to go out to all the churches, yeah.
0: Um, it, it would definitely make our job and even the worship team's job a whole bunch easier That if i just be like, I'm just going to read to you the commentary for this week Um and I was of it kind of caught me thinking going um, back to sort of what Sarah was saying of like, why don't we do that so much here?" And one thing is in a we have often a series we have some parts of the calendar always sit in our year, and then we have series that feel like important to us as a community to dive in on because it's part of our collective theolo- theological formation. Um, and like even, I don't even know if anyone was here, the, the very famous now, the Sexuality Series, that was about 10 years ago now. A huge series looking at God's, the the, the larger space for people's sexuality and, and gender. And that was so formative. And that series wasn't in the calendar. <laughs> it's in no one's, it's in no church calendar is there a, a kind of a queer affirming sexuality series. It just comes after, ordin, it's in ordinary time. But can you see how like, the beauty in the series alongside the set stuff means that we get to have a bit more of a living story between us, that we get to deep dive theologically into certain things that feel so important as we form our theology. Um, yes. Um, I was just going to my pages around Um, and I was there's there's a a wonderful psychologist called Lisa Miller who's written about sort of spirituality and the value of it and and she just talks about the spiritual muscle and how important kind of coming together to practice things again again helps our spiritual muscle attune to the divine just gives it space and room Um, and so that the repetition of something is just helping things the kids today are out in the back room and we struggle so much with kids' ministry of what do we teach in kind of a theologically informed, that's not too awful kind of way. What do you teach a kid's program for us? What are the important things? If we were to say, look, these are the five things that we really feel are a structure for those those kids, um, we sort of pause and think, you know, Noah's Ark about mass destruction of humanity just doesn't feel like it's perhaps the most helpful story for them to know, um, kind of with integrity what do we do with integrity um and today even though it's not the season they're talking about Jesus as a baby um and what does it mean for God to look like just a small child what does and so that in their mind they're just getting this kind of circle in a little way oh we're just going to look at the life of Jesus and they're going to do that this year um on a funny side note, we, we Rod said, Could you bring a doll? You know, just so that they have a baby. And we had this doll, this human looking doll, and um we Annika never plays with it. So we've just brought it so it has no name. And um I so we need a baby Jesus. Um would bring it so we went we had a cafe on the way here and she brought the doll in. And she's like, oh, baby Jesus, don't cry. Like She's just started playing with just, right now it's called baby Jesus. And so she's just this little, she's just sort of like, oh, baby Jesus, don't cry. Um, and she's got all these looks. I was like, I don't know if that is a good thing for me to have a kid who's got a doll called baby Jesus or a really harmful thing. I can't tell where I live in that. There's gonna be, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of church trauma anyway. But anyway, so, yeah, so, anyway, they've got, but it's kind of like, it kind of links to the calendar in a way of just, the kids are going to just be telling the story of Jesus and hopefully with our theological wrestling informing it to go, oh, it's important to see God as not just a big man in the sky, which is what they'll probably inherit from somewhere, um, but God as a vulnerable sort of recipient of our love as much as, yeah, so that's a really interesting um, sister. Anyway, you'll see baby Jesus floating around here somewhere later, um, who's, who's dressed in pink and is very white. So that's, again, I'm doing 10 points for me in par- parenting right now. Um... Uh, so, and it last, a few weeks ago I spoke, about, and I'll try not to talk too much today, but um, a few weeks ago we talked about mysticism, Christian mysticism, as one of our sort of formation, sort of the things in this garden of our faith. Um, and there is kind of like underlying the church calendar, which can feel very regimented if you take it some way, but there's this kind of mystical undertones of encountering God somehow. You know, that we, how do we experience God? There are churches that really feel, well, if we do this, we somehow and prepare ourselves and move into this preparation time and move into this retelling of Easter, and then we will encounter God each year slightly differently. Um, there's a wonderful—I um, didn't, I forgot—I didn't put a reference, but I think I have quoted her, so that will help me. Wendy M. Wright, who's written about it, um, liturgical time also sanctifies those who enter into it. To venture into the movement of the church calendar is to risk transformation through divine touch. It is to be ushered into the dynamics of incarnation, death, resurrection and inspiriting. It is to be changed by and into the mysteries celebrated. So it's kind of a way of experiencing God. I just sort of start going, oh, this is not necessarily a way I had thought that maybe I experienced God in our collective retelling of the Jesus story. Sunday can be many things, sometimes... I encounter divine truth. Sometimes I don't. Um, But this idea that um, these sort of patterns sort of make the story sacred and make time sacred as we enter them. The drama of the life of the carpenter from Nazareth is played out on the stage of the liturgical year as it is the unfolding story of the church as well. We experience both things. Uh, through this dramatic medium, we're carried into the timelessness that surrounds this story. Um, yeah, I, I find it interesting. It informs us. It's not everything to us, but it's there's beauty in kind of embodying, going deeper into parts of the story um, as we use... And, and so we don't usually use the colours as such. Um, but let's have a little look at this year, and then if you... I think we might even do a human scattergram. You know, how <laughs> we haven't done one in ages. So if you can bear with us, um, just as we have, like, I guess, a taste of traditions, this is not just let and talk about traditions. Um, part of it is let's check in with ourselves about the various parts of this circular calendar. Um, look at me in my powerful PowerPoint. Um, so Advent... Uh, the lead up to Christmas is a purple, and purple in the, this tradition of faith is a time of preparation. So every time there's the purple in the calendar, it's a um, sometimes it's a much more tearing of oneself down, like submit, surrender, fast, do all these things to prepare yourself. Is in a purple season. Um, I think here we tend to shy away from shame talk and sin emphasis of just you sinner you get yourself in order ready to encounter God we don't sort of that doesn't feel life giving and so we tend to look at it as that preparation for life breaking in um, and so we talk about lent as what are you doing to make space for life to break in again and afresh this preparing oneself for something life giving um, and that of course advent leads into christmas Um, This celebration, and in the church calendar, it would have been gold or even white, this sort of celebration peak events of the God entering, kind of cracking through into a small human, like just this in-breaking, would be in this golden kind of royal colour. Oops, oh, Epiphany would also be in this peak moment of reflecting on Jesus' baptism, of God again breaking into the baptism story where affirming Jesus is my child whom I love, um, that there's no longer the separation, there's now an enmeshment that wasn't there before. And then green, I love I love I love ordinary. I love something that's called ordinary time. I think just because I feel so ordinary so much of the time. Um, in the church calendar, green is considered ordinary time, which is kind of the word actually reflects a bit more on ordered or set time. Um, and this is the time of journeying through the life of Jesus and all the parables and the, the actions and so that your everyday ordinary life is affected by a divine truth. Um, in your action, in your work, in your this, it's kind of this everyday formation is ordinary time. And that's green because it's seen to be a very life-giving time. It's where new things actually get grow um, in ordinary time. Um, so, Lent, we are here. If anyone wants to drape themselves in the purple fabric today, you're welcome. Um, so, this is the inner preparation for Easter, making space for grow- growth and flourishing. Um, I don't always adopt a practice at Lent. Sometimes it just feels a bit too harsh and life is a bit too full. Um, but this year we've got, in my weekly note, I showed you do do the dog-we're dog-sitting that I didn't name, um, and I've been taking doodoo out for an evening walk and just kind of trying to be intentional about it. that is the, my prayer walk of just shifting prayer into this night habit. I feel a bit ridiculous when you don't feel like it, but it's been kind of nice to just have, well, it's Lent and I've got this dog that needs to be walked, so I'll just combine the two, and that's been this thing I've adopted just uh, for, for myself for Lent. Um, Easter would be a red colour, which is um, interestingly just that death, you know, that Easter is often kind of given our Easter egg world um, is a mixed holiday for us, um, but in the church story it's this kind of the journey downward, it's a new life, it's not all new life, it is this very intentional death and rebirth, um, so the church calendar would be split into the God incarnating everything, and then God reforming, God incarnating, in, incarnation and reformation. Um, so Easter would be a red experience, and same with Pentecost, that sort of descent of the Holy Spirit, um, and oh, on the oh, on the apostles and the followers of Jesus Christ when they were in Jerusalem. I love that word that um, the the quote before, inspiriting. So the Spirit back to the big chunk of ordinary time. And then back to Advent, and that's the circle that um, that the calendar recounts. Um, now, is everyone familiar with a human scattergram? <laughs> so, it's, so it's when we use the space, and I'll put on the board different things, and we s- use our bodies to stand in the room where you feel connected to on the like. Advent here, Lent here, and if you don't feel like participating, then you stay seated and you do it confidently. I do, we do not force participation. No, for, yeah, alongside long don't always have props, we don't always force participation. Or you may want to use the centre of the room, it's just I'm not sure. That can be our I'm not sure. So, let me cr- give you an example. So, this is our... Scatogram, and this is the question, we've got two questions that we'll be asking with our scattergram. Um, so here at the front, this area, we'll call Advent the lead-up to Christmas and Christmas as well. So this is our high point of the calendar. That's where it starts. Moving around the, month, the year, like we are a big year calendar here, um, Lent, this preparation time that we're currently purple time, will be over here, over to where the kids' area are just over here, towards the sound desk, will be Easter and Pentecost, sort of this peak red, the kind of the dying and then the refilling um, path of Easter Pentecost. And over here is the wonderful ordinary time, the steady, sometimes very quiet time of formation that occurs. Um, So does that kind of make sense in the room? In the centre is I'm not sure. In your chair is also I don't want (laughs) to participate. They're all options. Um, So what I'm going to get you to do is have a look at the question And just on a very superficial question, what season are you drawn to? What church season are you most drawn to? And it could just be like, I really like chocolate, and that can be as deep as it is. Um, But don't think about it too much. Let's all go somewhere in the room according to what season are you most drawn to? Now, anyone... As we sort of look around, it's a very interesting, like if you just have a quick squeeze in the room, like it's, we're, we're almost an equal spread. I've got a lovely community over here and I've got a really wonderful, <laughs> Bethany's our token Lenten warrior over there, especially with the flag, it's a real sort of Lenten, Lenten pie. Now, would anyone like to share why you have placed yourself where you have placed, it doesn't have to be deep, but anyone like to just share and go for it, like know nothing too deep here. Why did you put yourself where you are? I'll come around. I'm very curious about Bethany, but I won't force her to share.
1: Um, I think I love all of the rituals leading up to Easter, like this, or in the tradition I grew up with, like Stations of the Cross and all of the Garden of Gethsemane and all these like deep, moving kind of rituals. I'm sort of straddling between the two.
0: Beautiful, thank you. Why are you here? Um, Yeah, I agree with Sarah. Just, I think Easter is a very solemn time. Maybe I like sort of quiet and meditative time, Um, just time to reflect and get away from the commercialism. I love Christmas too, but it's just too commercial now. (laughs) Um,
1: I always seem to get an acting gig at Easter from (laughs) other people in churches, and it's just, I think it's a good way for me to, I feel connected with and engaged with that when I'm doing the research and the acting, doing that performance and kind of embodying Easter in that way. I think for me it's the deeper questions are around the universal question of good versus evil uh, and how in being human and trying to connect with other people we can overcome the evil that other people might uh, visit on us. Uh, and how you actually get um uh victory out of that um i 'm Easter because
0: I first found God on Easter like Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. it was like very pivotal for me um so like personally that and then also like the story is so like it 's such a big story, and l- you're kind of involved personally um yeah like
1: intense. Yeah.
0: Mm. Thanks Susan. Yeah. Um
1: I put myself right in the middle and I wasn't expecting to do that. Um I didn't grow up in a tradition that you know did the liturgical calendar, but I sort of somehow found myself really like appreciating the idea of it. Um and like went through a time of like really just kind of personally internally like Enjoying the rituals and stuff that's around Easter and Lent and around um, Christmas and Advent and, you know, whatever. But when I looked at each of them and considered each of them this time, I felt like equally drawn to and repelled by (laughs) each of them with complicated feelings. So, but not enough to just kind of stay seated. So, Yeah. yeah,
0: middle yeah and kind of the journey of authentic wrestling it does often lead you with to repelled by things that as we the next time you come around you're like oh that's that's a hard story to swallow anybody from
1: got to be brave now hi i'm a visitor
0: um my thank you my uh, pronouns are she they um i am in the ordinary time area uh because my uh, kind of off regular experience is, there can be moments in a 24 hour cycle where there is um, a sense of dying and that can be followed three hours later by a sense of resurrection that can be followed by a sense of spirit spirit, uh, entering into a moment. So I I guess with the benefit of of hindsight, of knowing what the calendar was and is about, uh, it kind of all mushes constantly for me. I can definitely relate to that. I appreciate that. Anyone else from? Um, I think for me, like I, I didn't really grow up with um, much church rhythm in my life, and I think what um, drew me to Ordinary Time is because we sort of see all these big events around Advent, Lent, um, Easter, and such, and well. To have these big stories, um, I think I sort of connected more with God in the quiet time and um, the times outside of those big um, things, which maybe I haven't had as much personal um, connection with that story. Um, whereas in the ordinary, I can find God um,
1: quite easily, and so am more drawn towards ordinary time stuff.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I've come to to the front. Anyone? Sorry, Clint's doing the, the eyes away. Oh, I can. <laughs> um, I think, unsurprisingly, for me, I love when we have a season where joy is just like very accessible and very um, like communal and a shared experience. So I love the lead up to Christmas, singing all the songs, doing all the all the things, and um, yeah, it just feels like a really lovely. Yeah, you know, big story, but also just a uh, socially acceptable time to be very joyous, <laughs> which I'm a fan of <laughs> just managing it for the rest of the year. Just to <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah, I kind of echo those thoughts, and I think, um, just like. Canadian Christmases growing up are quite nice, like just the uh, winter, like fireplace and the stockings. And I do have like a nostalgic sort of recollection of that. Um, and I think now, just I do kind of like a Christmas day. Um, it's just such a quiet, like in a good way, it's like society just kind of shuts down and it feels really nice. Um, and that's, you know, not even like sec- even if you secular, but just um, there's a nice feeling of just like spending time with family. And I think it's just like a reminder of. Um, which I feel like I feel more on Christmas than I do Easter. i just, it's a day for family and eating, and which is always good. Yeah.
0: It's interesting to think of which uh, sort of feasts that sort of connect you to other people and which ones sort of draw you into a lone space. So it's kind of interesting which ones are more kind of interwoven with others um thank you for sharing i'm going to ask one more question that may mean you stay in the same spot if you've been draped with fabric you're welcome to just leave them in the in the proximity i know john's getting attached to having sort of a sort of a very (laughs) um lovely road so the second question in the same oh i've dropped oh it's cut out but do not fear it's the same now don't worry john pentecost easter pentecost is still there I've just accidentally cut it out in my PowerPoint. Um, Where have you encountered... So next question. Where have you encountered God in these practices? How has the story of Christ come to life or been reimagined for you? So the kind of question is around has there been in the... It could be to do with here, your life here at Fitzroy North. In telling of the story, where have you um, encountered something anew, Again, in this this spiral, um, an example for me, I think, because we're uh, being in this church, um, is that at um, Christmas or at in Advent, so sort of in this corner over here, um, we do a lot of time with Mary, telling the story of Mary and the significance of her role in the story, and that's it's probably emphasised in other church traditions as well, but for me. I've encountered God. She's a softer person in the story that I've connected with. Um, And it could be through here. So the next question, so now you're free to move, drop your scarves and move if you'd like, or stay where you are. Have you encountered, like, is there a part of a story that's come to life to you as you visited it again that you didn't experience last time? All right, change if you need to, or sit down if you're not sure about the question. It could be, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna go anti-clockwise. And if all right again, there's no pressure. They're just all right. Anyone, just to have a look around the room. Interesting that um, Bethany has now got friends. Oh, not that Bethany didn't have friends before, but Bethany now has. N- Bethany now has new friends over with... That's nice to see. John has a new sash. <laughs> it's now a golden sash. Um, I'm going to walk around this way, and if anyone wants to share... And if you didn't share last time, feel free. This is a pretty... It's a very open space to... Anyone here? If you've encountered something... John, you moved. Would you like to...
1: Um look, I, j- I just love the... The arc of the story is just amazing over in my former red team. But um, it's been... Yeah, times around Christmas are also really meaningful because I think they go back so far and and it's kind of a really impactful thing in your life to remember back. And for me, bizarrely, it's Sunday school anniversaries because that was just really a big thing in the year for me. Anyone
0: over here on Green Team? Some ordinary not your no
1: one's ordinary but I think for me in the ordinary time this might sound a bit out there but I I think of the 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 gospels and the parables and what have you and Jesus like meeting the lady at the well or on the road to Emmaus or many of the other stories and somehow imagine if I was there experiencing that and What's going on, and what would i say and and learning from that, yeah thanks Dean
0: else? there's a beautiful lowering of eyes, which i
1: yeah um, I was trying to think of a particular one, and when I was a teenager we used to they started a tradition at our church of having dawn services at Easter, so you'd turn up in the dark and you know there'd be some readings in church in complete darkness and then they'd light a candle and then the candle would get lit which is kind of like what we do sometimes here the candle would get lit and so there's this kind of build up of the light as the as the dawn breaks and i think i often found that quite powerful
0: Yeah, it's interesting like the especially for people who've grown up in church as children what become important memories in the formation of kind of the story
1: wondering I had placed myself towards Lent with a dash of ordinary time um and then I've also just taken one step back towards Easter because um, I'm still kind of sitting here, but I think um it really like expanding my theology and understanding of the cross and and the the Easter period has been sort of vital for me because it can be quite troublesome depending on how we grow up. So I think over time, being able to kind of, yeah, expand, redeem, add some nuance to that has really made all the difference. Thank you. Did you want to...
0: Um, I grew up with not having Lent, so it was not part of my church experience, being part of a Baptist church. But I think there's this beautiful, I guess when I've been older and been through different churches or experiences, there's like a lovely, I don't know, um, idea of shifting your every day to focus on God and recenter to God, which I think sometimes, I don't know, habits. um, It's really nice to kind of remind you to... Yeah, have these rituals and to have these ways of yeah, recentering God and seeing God um in different parts of your day, which is really lovely. Yeah. Thank you. You can all grab your seats if you John can keep his sash if he wants it. <laughs> Good. Um thank you for being part of uh that, that if you've not done a human scatogram, that is called a human scatogram. But it is nice to just find parts of our experience in that sometimes moving our bodies helps so lent is where we are now um and uh the text for lent is kind of reflects on the journey into the jesus's journey into the wilderness um 40 days of being out there um and we probably don't have enough time i'll quickly read it um but we won't spend too much time in reflection but maybe just keep in mind that idea of that tent caretaking of a garden, this lent is this the work inside to make way for the inbreaking event of God, afresh. Then Jesus was led into the desert by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for forty days and forty nights, Jesus was hungry. Then the tempter approached and said, "If you are the only begotten, command these stones to turn into bread." Jesus replied. Scripture has it, we do not live by bread alone, but on every utterance that comes from the mouth of God. Next, the devil took Jesus to the holy city and set him on a parapet of the temple and said, If you are the only begotten, throw yourself down. Scripture has it, God will tell the angels to care for you and their hands will support you so that you may never stumble on a stone. Jesus answered, Scripture also says, do not put God to the test. The devil then took Jesus up to a very high mountain and displayed all the dominions of the world in their magnificence, magnificence, promising, All these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. At this, Jesus said to the devil, Away with you, Satan. Scripture says, You will worship the Most High God, God alone will you adore. At that, the devil left and the angels came and attended to Jesus. It's an epic story. Um, and the devil character, which is just often worded as the accuser or the diabolos, this, the accusing character, um, not necessarily anything to do with red with horns, but just this character comes into the story accusing something. Um, and I, I sort of – it's a very famous picture of um, – and – yeah I just I guess as we kind of wrap up today in that pondering kind of quiet readying oneself for all that life will will throw at us, um, that we make space for the life that is to come as we know it will come with hurdles and peaks and pain that is guaranteed um, but this opportunity to follow Jesus into the wilderness for this forty days of and, and it's funny, the action doesn't happen in the 40 days. We don't hear much. I really kind of want to know about, you know, I sometimes follow sort of, I don't know, my, my Instagram feed is full of people out doing wilderness survival. I don't know, it's just a theme I'm going on at the moment. But um, but I'm just sort of curious as to this, what wilderness skills did did he have just to kind of live out there? That's a tangent. But... um. Anyway, that's that's the story for you to take. You're welcome to read it through Lent. Um, if you just need a bite-sized part of this big story, um, and let it be what it is. Let yourself be repelled by it. Whereas Amy, just, if you need to be, re- be repelled by this or drawn to it, it's just part of the story that we keep circling around. Um, so, given that, given that, oh, it's a terrible look at that pixelation. That's that takes art. That takes skill and art. To, to zoom in, and it's just meant to—you meant to squint as you look at that one. Um, but yeah, just as we kind of care to us, the the purple theme that we're on, um, this time of mindfulness, making space, clearing way, adding things um, for the sake of something bigger. Um, We're going to come to communion today. And if you're new, um, hopefully we've got enough, Um, we have seaweed Jesus today, seaweed crackers. Um, So just be warned before you get a shock. Um, The biggest shock is the salt and vinegar Jesus crackers, but that is is—it's just seaweed, so it would be a a medium shock today. Um, Our practice is that we um, come up to the table, grab uh, a thimble and crack some of the crackers, grab a piece, and then gather in a large circle. Again, this kind of collective... Um, we are one community for a moment we gather together like we are at a feasted ta- a feasting table um, strangely celebrating death and feast at the same time um, and then I'll say a prayer over us if you'd like to stay seated you're welcome if you'd like to just join the circle you're welcome or you can participate in the whole thing so let's take communion let me say a quick prayer before we partake Loving God revealed to us in Jesus, in the Jesus story, revealed to us in communion, revealed to us in community, revealed to us in the nature around us um, and the importance of dignity of all people. Um, We thank you that you just care of our inner world um, and thank you that we have a story of quiet wilderness time in our collective narrative um, for us to venture into as we make space craft our internal life to aid the story once again um, let's eat and drink together